0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we have a high school student from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and she's going to talk to us about herself and her organization and a special prize that she won. So, Um, welcome, Avery.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, so let's start about your academic part first. Do you have a main subject that you really like?
1: For sure. Yeah. So at the moment, um, I am going into grade 12 and I think throughout middle school and high school, um, science, um, in particular chemistry has been something, um, I have developed a very big interest in just because I think it's, um, a subject that has so many applications just in terms of sustainability, um, in particular, the food system, which is something I am very passionate about.
0: Okay. So have you done any part-time work while you've been going to school?
1: Yes, I have. So Um, I always think, like, in terms of work experience, um, it's very important to get a range of different experiences, Um, and as I mentioned before, I'm very passionate about food systems, Um, so in particular, over the past year and a half, I've been quite involved in the cellular agriculture space, Um, and so cellular agriculture, for listeners who don't know, is basically the idea of growing animal products, such as, you know, milk, meat, cheese, eggs, things like that, um, for consumers to, to eat without the animal. And the idea is that this can be much better for the environment, um, just in terms of pollution, land consumption, things like that, and a lot of social and health factors as well. Um, so in particular, um, I've done some part-time work um, at Tufts University, at the Good Food Institute, um, which is a, an American not-for-profit um, Big Idea Ventures, which is a venture capital firm also located in the States. Um, And most recently, I've been working with the Protein Report, um, which is an online news publication focusing on alternative protein. Um, And in fact, I guess my most recent um, part-time work position, um, I was recently appointed to be the new executive director of Cellular Agriculture Canada. Um, so I guess just over the past year and a half, those have been my most recent um, part-time work opportunities.
0: Amazing, so you're bilingual, you speak American as well as Canadian.
1: <laughs> I suppose so.
0: That's a good thing. Okay, so let's move forward into Maple is Foundation Fund. So where did the name come from?
1: Yeah, so um, my sister and I, we started those projects that constitute Maple Wishes um, around the time of the um, Canadian sesquicentennial. So the 150th anniversary of Canada back in 2017. And the whole idea was it um, was to look around our community. you know, in a local sense, Ottawa, but in a more broader sense, Canada and the world, um, and think about what we sort of want to see for our country, for our community, moving forward in the next 150 years, and also beyond, and more specifically, what we can do to help um, realize those goals. So hence the term maple, which is um, a term very commonly associated with Canada, and then maple wishes.
0: So one of the starting projects was the Butterfly Project. Tell us about that and how that came about.
1: For sure. So um, the Butterfly Project was actually initially started by my younger sister, Rowan, um, when she was in second grade. Um, and in 2012... Oh, hold on, um, did
0: you say second grade?
1: Second grade, yeah. So in 2012, just a little bit before that, um, our grandfather was formally diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which is a neurodegenerative um, disease. and Growing up, we'd been very close to these particular grandparents. And so we really saw sort of the tool this was taking on um, his just ability to do everyday things. Um, and we were very moved by it. And at the same time, my sister was very interested in um, those rainbow loom bracelets. So she would make so many of these rainbow loom bracelets when she came home from school. So she thought it would be a nice idea um, to make these rainbow loom bracelets and distribute them to every single kid in her elementary school Um, just in an effort to raise awareness for Parkinson's disease amongst our peers. And so that was the first year. And then every year since then, um, we've made tokens that also highlight the butterfly, which is a symbol of Parkinson's disease, and distributed them um, to each student in our school. So we've made things like magnets, um, keychains, bookmarks, um, and so forth.
0: Yeah, but the name butterfly, you better explain that.
1: Sure. So um, the butterfly is a symbol commonly associated with Parkinson's disease. And I believe one of the um, earlier sort of associations made between the two was um, Muhammad Ali's um, quote, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And of course, he was um, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease um, when he was alive. And so I think just his strong association also as a cultural icon has sort of made the symbol of the butterfly become closely associated with Parkinson's disease.
0: Now, the problem I have is looking at your website, there's so many projects (laughs) that you've undertaken. So tell me a little bit about the homeless one.
1: For sure, so the homelessness one was, I guess back when we were starting Maple Wishes, For Rowan, um, the Butterfly Project was something she was working on a lot, and at the same time, um, sandwich making was something I was working on a lot. So um, ever since I was about five, I used to take um, dance lessons downtown in Ottawa, and that area downtown in the Vanier area um, is definitely the place in the city with the highest concentration of homeless folks. And so growing up, I would kind of just be exposed to this idea um, and it was almost normalized in my mind that, you know, homeless people are just, it's just a fact of life. But when I started to question it um, in middle school, um, I realized that, you know, it's it's fairly strange that in a city that otherwise has, you know, numerous resources, numerous support structures, that there are people who literally spend nights out on the streets because, you know, they fall through the cracks of whatever whatever other systems were designed to support them. And so I was really moved to Help out um, in whatever way I can just to sort of relieve um, what these individuals might be experiencing. And so I got involved with a couple of the homeless shelters um, downtown. And this was about when I was in sixth grade. Um, and I started making um sandwiches every couple weeks just to donate um, to these shelters. And when I was in eighth grade, it grew again. Um, when I organized the first ever. Um, sandwich-making session at our school, our, the middle school I used to attend, um, where students came together for about 45 minutes and made as many sandwiches as they, as they could. Um, and in that first session, they made, I think, 1,300 sandwiches to donate, which was pretty, inc- which is pretty cool. Um, and that really inspired me to sort of keep making sandwiches individually, but also to continue with that effort at school, just because I really realized how important it was for students to sort of get that hands-on and direct experience when it comes to community service that I think a lot of the time when students are doing fundraising activities or drives they never really get to see the full extent of their actions. Um, And so since then we've continued um, holding sandwich making sessions twice a year um, every school year.
0: Did you get to go in either of the shelters?
1: Yeah, we did. I mean, I've never had the opportunity to actually distribute sandwiches because um, those that's the position, I guess, of the frontline workers um, who work at these shelters. But um, a couple of times I've taken some of the students who have participated in these sessions to actually just drop off the sandwiches um, at the shelter, meet some of these frontline workers and some of the other staff who work at the shelters. And um, from what I could tell, it's been, um, I guess, a very it's been a nice follow through action for, I think, in terms of community service, just for these students to understand what their work is actually going towards.
0: Well, why it's interesting, uh, I ran a program in a homeless shelter for men to teach them how to start a business. Mm -hmm. So, because these people are not dumb, and a lot of people assume that they're dumb and uh, so several. I had 12 people in the first workshop who wanted to start a business. And I actually got into a, a men's shelter. And what was interesting is they locked them out of their rooms at 830, because mm-hmm. they don't want them to be sleeping in their rooms all day. Anyway, let's move forward. I don't know where to go. Um, let's see. Feeding the Future, tell me about that program.
1: Right, so Feeding the Future uh, comes, I guess, from my... uh, My my passion about food systems and food sustainability and how um, those systems, which are very fundamental, I think, to, you know, cultures and and communities everywhere, how we can make those um, more resilient and better for the environment, better for people. Um, And so Feeding the Future sort of came out of that desire. And there is a local not-for-profit in Ottawa called Just Food, and they're doing some really great work um, to inspired the development of community-based gardening approaches um, as well as supporting um, the Ottawa Food Bank and um, other community um, resource shelters which um, provide for some of the community's more vulnerable um, individuals and so what that basically entailed was um, I volunteered at a couple of their projects um, back before COVID um, was more of a thing. And I think starting again this summer, um, now that projects are starting to um, start back up again. Um, So one of the more interesting, I guess, projects um, I had volunteered with was called Plan a Row, Donate a Row. Um, And so basically, we were just um, planting produce and cultivating it throughout the summer, um, which was eventually harvested and donated to the Ottawa Food Bank. and and other similar initiatives like that.
0: Okay, so because there's so many, I'm just kind of picking a few of them. Uh, Let's get into Maple Wright.
1: Yes, yeah, so that one um, was, I think, again, more one of my sister's initial passions when she came into this, but when she was in fifth grade, um, her elementary school teacher was actually one of my teachers as well. encourage students um, during one month i forget what month of the year it was but to write a letter every day um, to someone anyone really um who they were curious about or who they wanted to talk to just as a way of you know broadening your sense of who you're interacting with and who you're communicating with on a day-to-day basis um so with people Write, the the idea was to write a um, thousand letters by the time um rowan graduated from high school in 2025 um, to a diverse range of people, whether or not um, it was, you know, family or um, people we had met, people we had never met, but, you know, are associated with other great causes that um, we were inspired by.
0: Okay, let's talk about your campaign to sponsor a student.
1: Yes, so, um, but that one, that one was affiliated with um, Me to We a few years ago, and we had previously gone on um, a Meet a We trip um, I think in the winter of 2017 to 2018, um, and we had seen, we went to the graduation of one of the, um, Kisaruni group of schools and we we're very just inspired as girls ourselves, um, who have a lot of access to education here. Um, we were very moved by, you know, girls halfway across the world, um, you know, being able to achieve the same things as us and just the real strong sense of community there was there and everything that had went into those schools. Um, and so we were moved to sponsor one of those students um, moving forward.
0: That's amazing. Okay, now for the fun project, the STARS project.
1: Yes, so that one um, actually has been a little bit postponed just due to COVID because we were sort of starting it up, um, but. The idea with that was about, um, it also had to do with female education, but it was specifically about, um, sanitation, um, and good hygiene that is oftentimes, um, surprisingly not prevalent in a lot of, um, schools that are being, that are built. Um, and so the whole idea with this was to, um, encourage the implementation of good, um, sanitation and hygiene um, devices, so things like toilets, clean toilets, that are also very socially respectful um, and understanding, just so um, women and girls who attend school feel more comfortable um, just being able to take care of their hygiene while they're actually at school.
0: That's pretty exciting. Okay, so let's go back to a couple. I don't know whether you're still running them. Give a girl a bike.
1: Yeah, so that one also actually had to do with female education. It had to do with um, girls being able to get to um, their schools. So sometimes, you know, schools are built and they're supposed to serve a wider variety of communities that might just be geographically very distant. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's not very safe for girls to get from their community to where the school is located. And um, sometimes um, a bike or a safer means of transportation can serve as a way for a girl to get to the school um, and feel more comfortable and feel safer in the process of doing so. So the intention with that project was um, to sponsor, to donate um, the funds that would go towards um, a number of bikes for these girls to be able to safely get to school.
0: Okay. Because there's so many, I'm just... I'm going to call this one the last, the wishing well.
1: Yeah. So that one, I honestly think is probably, I mean, next to the sandwich making one is probably my favorite because of course, like we have 11 different projects here, which we were particularly passionate about, but we understand that a lot of youth who are, you know, our age are interested in doing, you know, a lot of great things, um, that might be different than what we're doing. And so, with the Wishing Well, um, the intention was um, every couple months to donate um, about $500 to a youth-led cause. Um, so someone we know, someone we don't know, someone we've heard of um, who's doing you know really incredible work to try and raise funds or try and raise awareness um, for something that they are very passionate about.
0: Wow, okay. With all of this happening, while you're in high school and your sister's in middle school, three years from now, what is it going to look like?
1: Yeah. um, So moving forward, um, I think, of course, like a lot of the projects that we're very passionate about, I think could be still sustained. Like I will still be doing the sandwich making. My sister will be still doing the butterfly project. Um, A number of the projects were more, they were, I guess, less consistent in the sense that they were sort of one-off donations. And so those won't require as much, I guess, time um, moving forward. But in the future, I think it'll, it might become less of this formalized Maple Wishes and it might just be each of us continuing to do the projects that we're very passionate about and trying to recruit our peers to do them as well and participate in whatever initiatives, um, fundraising or awareness raising that we continue to do
0: hold on now, you're a charity and so you're going to go off to university in British Columbia or San Francisco. Who's going to take over?
1: Yeah, so that's a discussion me and my sister have actually yet to have. I think Rowan will be, um, you know, doing it for the next Four to five years before she graduates, um, and after that, we would have to have a conversation about, you know, who is essentially going to take it over.
0: Who's the more outgoing?
1: Out of the two of us at this stage, I think it's probably me, <laughs> but uh, I think Rowan, you know, she's still she's still learning and, and everything like that, as we all are. So I think she has a lot of potential to, you know, develop that quality as well.
0: That's terrific. So in terms of an ask of the listeners, what would be your request to the listeners to help your organization?
1: For sure. Um, So I guess my initial ask would be, you know, if you're willing to support any one of these projects, that would be amazing that any one of our 11 projects um, that we work on, but I think even beyond that, I really just want to encourage people and youth to look around them and figure out what they're interested in and how they're suited to help um, their communities. Um, You know, like what kinds of things do you have expertise in or what kinds of in what kinds of areas are you privileged and how can you make those, how can you use those things um, to make your space, your immediate space, your immediate community, or your broader global community um, a better place? And think about how you could actually, you know, act on those, those interests to do that.
0: So, how do you get the funds to support what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so um, I think for any sort of charity or not for profit, this is sort of a consistent struggle. Um, but for us, a lot of it is donations from friends and families um, and, you know, families of people who have heard about our organization and have been just interested in supporting us. Um, but a lot of it has also been grants, so, applying for grants. Um, For instance, just through the Canadian government has a number of very generous grants um, for youth-led projects in particular.
0: That's terrific. So having said all this, how do people find out more about your projects and about the two of you?
1: For sure. So um, you could go to our Maple Wishes, our our website, um, maplewishes.org, for a lot more information. And if you have any specific questions, um, you could email us at, um, our email is also on our website, and all our contact information is there as well.
0: Okay, now we have to get to the other topic. You won an award recently Mm -hmm. that was announced June the 28th on a program for the award winners. So tell us about the Diana Award and what that award is and why you won it and who nominated you.
1: For sure. Um, So the Diana Award is an international award that is – meant to recognize the humanitarian endeavors of youth around the world. Um, And so each year they hand out um, awards to a number of Youth around the world who've been doing um, things for their community and trying to make it a better place. And so I think for me, um, the reason I was nominated and I received this award had to do with um, my initiative, specifically a sandwich or two, as well as the um, work I've been doing in the cellular agriculture world. And I guess just more on a more general sense, uh, my interest in in building more resilient food systems. Um, And so I think as far as I know, I was sort of kept in the dark, I guess, about the nomination project or process. But um, my fifth grade teacher and my sister's fifth grade teacher, um, I think she spearheaded the nomination process. And um, she had contacted a number of the other um, people I had met through the different um, Maple Wishes projects I run. So for instance, a sandwich or two, um, and a couple of the other ones, just to get some of the other requisite materials together.
0: Terrific. So it's, uh, you're only in grade 12. What's next in terms of university?
1: For sure, so what's next is, um, I guess, university is I'm thinking a logical next step for me, and at the moment I'm thinking um, bioengineering or biochemistry is something that I'm gonna be choosing to focus on. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think those programs are hopefully going to give me the skills I need to transition to the cellular agriculture world as that is something, um, I hope to build a career path in, um, further down the road. Um, in particular, I'd either be interested in working at a cultivated meat startup or in research, um, one of the two. So at the moment, this is kind of my general long-term plan that I'm, that I'm looking at.
0: Sounds to me like a master's or a PhD.
1: Probably, probably.
0: So your parents, what do they think of what you're doing? Or do they even keep up with what you're doing?
1: <laughs> they do. I think, um, so my mom in particular um, has always been very, has, she's put a lot of emphasis on the idea that is it is your responsibility to use whatever privilege, whatever means you have in order to help other people. Um And so I think she's always been pushing me and my sister, you know, to really just be considerate of other people and just to try to think about how we can constantly be helping and beyond that, how it would be, how we can do so in a smart and an organized way. So I think she was one of the big driving forces um, in terms of just how we sort of acted on our desire to help. Um, And both of my parents have been um, strong sources of support throughout the way.
0: It's interesting because that fits into uh, the book that I co-wrote called "The Give Back Economy," yeah, which uh, shows people how to start and grow a social enterprise. And uh, what's interesting is the the royalties go to a give back fund that supports the work that we're doing, and that's uh, that's what really makes a difference. So, Avery, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. I hope,
1: thank you so much.
0: And uh, I hope I didn't interfere with your afternoon at all.
1: Oh, no, of course not. It's I'm very honored that you reached out. Thank you for your time.